Hey, what's going on? This is Jeremy Thone, Marketing Director of 3PL Systems and host of 3PL Live. Excited to share an episode with G.S. Jerry. He is the author of Meth, Murder, and Amazon. You can pick up that title over on Amazon. Really interesting conversation, really about long-form copy and just me picking Jerry's brain about how you organize your thoughts on writing an ebook. something that's a big piece of premium content, if you will, that will elevate your kind of status as far as like getting more job opportunities, doing more podcast things of that nature. So it's really interesting conversation with Jerry on how to write proper long form content. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Jerry, thanks for coming on to 3PL Live. I'm excited to talk to you about your book that you recently wrote. For those that don't know you, you recently wrote a book called Meth, Murder, and Amazon. Would you just mind uh, giving me a little bit of background on the book and what made you decide to write it? And then we'll kind of talk about some of the, like, the long form content and how to how you approach it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thanks for having me on, Jeremy. It's always a pleasure to come on these podcasts and, you know, interact with new people and fresh faces. Yes, I did write a book called Meth, Murder, and Amazon, and bad things happen to good people. That happens all the time. And, you know, my book's about escaping the evils of real estate, as I like to call them. So my family and I, we, we were selling a house, moving from Colorado to Florida, and along the way, actually getting accused of murder, making meth by uh, assassins or real estate agents, but I like to call them assassins. Um, you know, they basically think I'm the reincarnation of Heisenberg. And so I take that story <laughs> and just transform it into a, a humorous, suspenseful roller coaster with tons of twists. And spent a couple of minutes talking about that. I'm curious, like, how did you, um, wait, you said you got accused of murder. Is that what I heard you correctly? I just yeah. make, want to make sure. That's right. Yep. I got accused of murder. I got accused of making meth in my garage. Jeez. Um, you know, tiny two-car garage. I think they watched Breaking Bad or something, and you know, that's kind of what happened. And this all happened during an open house at that. So. Oh wow! Was it like the real estate agent, or like how did this all go down? Yeah, so it was the real estate agents. Um, you know, we had an open house. You always do when you have a a, a house. This is also our first time selling a house, so mm-hmm. might put a little bad taste in our mouth for selling the next one, but you know, a little scare us. But yeah, we had an open house, and uh, I actually even wasn't in the state. I went to go visit my mom. Uh, she, she had a, uh, you know, early stage lung cancer. So like, Hey, we're going to go visit my mom. It's oh, no, taking a little while. So they have an open house. Um, and you know, we're not there. Um, they show up early. They come and do the, uh, start checking the rooms and everything for the open house. And they, they go up the stairs to the guest bedroom and they see a body under the bed. And so they freak out or run out the house to call the cops on me. And they say, you know, I must've murdered one of my children and stuffed the body under the bed. And, that's really why we left. A few days later, they're like, oh, we smelled something burning in your garage. So it smelled like burning plastic, which apparently burning plastic means meth. So they're like, hey, burning plastic means meth. So we think you're making meth in your garage. We'll try to keep our garage. So I'm like, you guys are crazy. <laughs> what a crazy experience. How long is this book that you wrote? Like, I know that like writing could be overwhelming for those folks that are just like newer writers. You know, everyone's trying to write a lot of content now, like on LinkedIn with like the carousels and kind of like these like short kind of tweet cell posts. Some are longer than others, but how long is this book? So the book is 240 pages, but it's not really a true 240 pages. Um, kind of broken out and almost reads like me and you were having a conversation or like you're watching a stand-up comedy. I use this tool called tool called Scrivener and it tells me the estimated read times about an hour and 45 minutes. So you can read it over at long lunch. I do have an audiobook out as well. The audiobook is about four hours. Uh, the audiobook's really good. Uh, I, I hired a narrator to do it. I could have do it myself. The, the crazy character names, but he did, he did a great job. Oh, so that's cool. Uh, it was really humorous. It's won a few awards as well. So you know, it's always good to see your, your writing recognized. 
That's amazing. So like, how do you like, how do you approach something like this? Cause like, I think that like, if I were to have to go like write like an ebook or something like that, even for like a product, I think it would be pretty overwhelming. Like, do you like usually spend time like outlining or like, what is your like creative process for like getting this done? I try to come up with the chapter names kind of before I get into it. Like I think about like, Hey, what am I going to write in this chapter? And then I'll take down little bullet points of like things I want to make sure that I discuss. So you know, essentially you got to start from somewhere. So you just start writing. And then as you write, you kind of like paragraphs, I'll write a few paragraphs and then I'll go read back through my paragraphs and be like, Hey, did that, did that sound good? And then I'll keep adjusting and then I'll keep checking like my bullet points. And so I'll find a good stopping point. I'll kind of scroll through, you know, everything and be like, Hey, is this a really good chapter? Um, I always feel like the first chapter has got to be one of the best chapters. You want to keep the reader reading essentially. And so I try to make the first chapter really engaging, draw the readers in. And I, I try to do it different, right? Like, writing has all these rules like you can't use run on sentences and like you have to mm-hmm. capitalize this way and so you know i was like if i'm gonna write this book i want to do something different like i want to write something that no one's ever seen a style like this before and so that's also kind of like how i do it so i was like if i'm gonna do something right might as well do it different and so you know every writer has their way of writing in their own writing style but i really tried to really think outside the box as i wrote it so i yeah, like that Cause I feel like a lot of the times people do get like stuck in like, it has to be like this way. And then like having that like conformist attitude, like almost like that herd mentality almost makes you like stand out less, especially with like chat GBC and like all these like bots, like writing, everything's starting to become a lot more like generic sounding, I feel like now. So I think that's really yeah. cool that you took that approach. So after you like outline like the chapters, then you kind of just do like bullets or something for like each chapter, like something yeah, like so that. I, I make like, I make like little notes for myself. Like the first chapter um, is actually about my first real estate agent, right? This is the guy that originally sold my house, sold us this house. So like we had a relationship, but like he does some crazy stuff. He's not even living in this state. And so like I write down things like, hey, I want to give this guy a really funny name. And so like I'll, I'll spitball like some name ideas until something sticks or so. I have someone mm-hmm. read it and they're like, that's really funny. Um, <laughs> and then I'll make sure I capture like the relevant points along the way and then just take those little like, thoughts that I haven't really liked expanding. And so sometimes I feel like it kind of just not necessarily writes itself, but like I remember what happened, like I remember how it went. So I like want to take that and like really expand upon it. Or like, hey, if someone wronged me in, during this thing, like they're definitely getting made fun of. They're getting ridiculous things, right? And so like <laughs> I want to like convey to the reader, right? Like these guys are shady characters. Like not every real estate agent's trustworthy. You guys got to do your research. Even if they sold you your house, right? Like I thought this guy was cool. Like we had a good relationship, but he wasn't living there. He wasn't in the state. He wasn't marketing it. And so like, just because someone says they're doing something doesn't really mean that they are. Makes sense. And do you have like a specific like environment that you like? I mean, I've, I've read that like some people like to write in the morning and wake up early. Some people like, write, like to write at night. I know that you work full time as well. So like, do you like, how do you like find like the energy with like the family and everything else going on to, to do it? So I'm probably a little bit different than most people. I wrote my entire first draft on my phone in, inside my little notes, and then I would save them to my Google Drive. Um, but, you know, we, we take walks, you know, we get outside a lot. And so I always have my phone on me, and I'm just thinking, like, you know, inspiration can strike from anywhere. So, like, we'll be walking, and my kids will be talking to me about something. Or they're like, oh, did you watch this, you know, show, this character, blah. I was like, oh, that's a great character name. And so, like, they'll say things that are just hilarious. And I'd be like, I don't want to forget this because there's so much – so much that goes on throughout the day, like I'm going to forget these things. So I'll just write little things down. And so I have like a, a bank of character names just from like funny things the kids have told me or like we're watching a show and they make fun of this character. I'm like, oh, that's really funny. I'm going to use that. So, you know, I just kind of try and take, you know, whatever inspires me or, or strikes my mood or I just think that's kind of clever. I'll just kind of take that and run with it. 
do you do like dictation too with those notes or do you just like write them like um you mentioned earlier I that you wrote i write them so yeah i don't like do dictation or, or shorthand and I, I probably could like it, it probably started out like hey write this you know a little bit this way a little bit that way but the more i like i started writing it you kind of get your flow as well like kind of how you want the story to go and so each story is going to be a little bit different right like this one's really funny um the goal is to infuse humor in everything that i write like my goal is to make you laugh but also like teach you something along the way and so part of that's going to be like hey the, the real estate industry is really shady right like there's really crappy people out there like it's almost like home contractors right like they have this uh, really bad reputation that you know they don't do a good job they're, they're there to basically take your money but you also pay the real estate agents right they get a commission for the sale of your home make them work for it they're not meeting your you know level or expectation then you should reassess that and you know maybe there's a reason that they're stringing it along or whatever happens along the way yeah that that makes sense. What about just in general, like if you're, if you do like write like your, I guess like whole um, outline or whatever, and you have all your points going, do you, do you like edit later? Cause I feel like sometimes like, I, I don't know me personally, when I'm writing, I sometimes can get in this process where like, I'm like, I almost need to like a brain dump and then like kind of like formulate something later. I feel like sometimes like those processes, like the editing process needs to be separated almost from like the creative process to, to some sort of degree. I was just wondering if uh, you felt that as well. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good point. So like, you know, I, I wrote everything on my phone, but afterwards, someone actually told me like, when I was like 90% done, they're like, hey, there's this program that's called Scrivener. Oh, and by the way, it integrates with your phone. So you can type it up on your phone and it goes right into the document. It's like, man, this would have been great to have when I was starting this, but you know, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the editing is definitely different. Like I took the what I thought was a good copy, and then I put it on the computer screen, right? It's a, a lot larger screen. It's a lot more viewing uh, to see the actual words and kind of bringing everything alive. Um, and then I also added actually uh, photos and different evidence from from the story into the book. So it's like, took it from like a rough draft, like, hey, this is all right. Um, it has everything I want it to say. Now I'm going to edit it through a different lens, and I'm going to really like turn this into like a final final copy. And so I would I would go through the chapter, I would read it and I'd be like, oh, I don't like the way that sounds. Let me rewrite that. And so I would write it and then I would almost like say it out loud. Um, because that's kind of what I was I was thinking whenever I was writing it. Like, you know, it should read almost like how it sounds when we're speaking. And so that was kind of my goal as well. So I'd write something, I read I'm like, yep, yeah, that sounds good. And then I would read it to myself in my head and be like, oh, I don't like the way that sounds, or I really like that. Let's keep going kind of approach. Uh, mm. but that is definitely definitely a different lens. So you can't like read and then edit, read and then, I mean, I guess you could, but that's not what I did. Um, you know, I, I would kind of adjust and make it more clear, but when I got to the um, the computer, that's when I would really you know, kind of fine tune, add different pieces to the story or add more photos or whatever I felt the story needed. It is interesting too, because I feel like sometimes when you're so connected to like a piece of work, like your book, like sometimes it's hard to like not see, like maybe there's an error, maybe I forgot like to write a the or an article or something like that in the actual yeah copy or something like that so i was wondering does that does that happen to you as well like where you're like shit i didn't even see that because I, I think it's sometimes it's hard oh, yeah. to not have like blind spots when it's like your own work like i guess that's why editors are probably good to, to have as well absolutely and you know editors charge sometimes like two three cents a word so i mean uh you're definitely gonna pay for the editor and so you know i wasn't trying to put a whole lot of money into the book per se oh fair yeah, i wanted to really keep it true true to like something different right and i feel like if you get an editor um, you know, everybody's going to be like, no, you have to write it this way. Like, I don't want anybody to tell me what I what I have to do, right? Like, I wrote this differently. So by definition, it's going to be different. 
Mm -hmm. Um, So an editor could be like, hey, you missed this or whatnot. But I I would keep rereading it. I would step away for a couple of days. I would come back, go through different chapters, and then start from the beginning again. And I would notice like, oh, why did I write that? That doesn't even make any sense. Or like, or or why did I write it this way? I could have used different words or could have used a more uh, active voice versus a more passive voice and things like that. And so um, I think it's just keeping a fresh set of eyes on it, you know, going back and readjusting until like you read it. And then like, I have, I have my, my kids are a little bit older. I'll have them read it. Like, you know, even though it's about meth and murder, anybody can read the book. Like even my kids read the book. And so like, I, I try not to swear. I, I do a pretty good job of it. So I wanted to have something that they would be proud of, but also like they could read it and I'd be like, Hey, don't do what dad did. Right. Don't, don't say those bad words. But, you know, always having someone different look at it, they're going to be like, oh, why did you write that? Or, hey, you missed the punctuation here, or you said this and you missed the or and. I feel like you're, you know, if it's you keeping your own eyes on it, you're always going to miss something. So, you know, send it out to, you know, people you trust, someone in the industry that, you know, likes to read. There's even like a website you can go to to send out different copies and have them give their opinion, what they think on it. Yeah, it's funny. Like I use Grammarly for just like re- regular writing on LinkedIn. And it's always and sometimes it tells me like, hey, like you need to like put this in like active voice, not passive voice. And it is interesting, yeah. like how it does sound. I do feel like stuff does usually sound better in active voice for whatever reason. I don't even know how you describe that. It's I don't know technically what's going on there. Do you know what, what's happening there? If you don't, it's no worries. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like this is happening versus like that has transpired this has occurred right and so you want to make it more like it's actually actively happening and so adding an ing to it uh thing and just trying to almost eliminate words to make it read really a lot clearer but also not like sounding like the past tense mm, makes sense i've also probably heard a better way it's probably a better way to say it too i've also heard too like a flaming sword like just getting rid of like all these like fluff words you know i, I don't know yes. back in the day maybe like in like business writing people thought that like like adding more words and like all these unnecessary like phrases before words were like important or whatever but like you know like for example like my dad would always go like in other words da, 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 and they think that they sound like like i guess formal yeah, to some sort of degree more intelligent <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't actually i think that now that yeah. i'm getting like better at writing i just realized that like all the fluff like just get rid of as much as you can and like, keep as few words as possible it also takes away from the story too and so that was like another goal right like movies shows right they all have their like low points their their lulls in the story and you're like oh like i want to fast forward to this but i don't want to miss something important most of the time there's nothing important there what i wanted to do is i want to write something that like every page has something that you want to like keep reading or something that wants to engage you further and so there are no like low spots it's pretty much like fast paced the whole time and so like you're almost like oh what that happened oh wait, what, that happened, right? And so, like, it keeps compounding on, so, like, the absurdity, right? Like, you wouldn't think this would happen, but it definitely did happen. And so, like, when I was, after the situation happened, I was talking to one of my friends, this was, like, three years ago. I was like, meth murder, meth, meth murder in Amazon, a story so unbelievable, it can only be true. And he's like, dude, like, I wouldn't believe you unless you were telling me. I was like, yeah, like, I have to add evidence into this story. People are just going to think I made this up, which it sounds made up, but it actually happened. What about intrigue, I guess, too? Is there a way to, like, build suspense or intrigue? Or, like, how much, like... I, I'm not, like, a writer like you. I only write, like, small content, I guess. So, like, how do you... It seems like with a bigger piece like this, is there ways to, like, build suspense and, like, kind of, like, crescendo things or things like that? Or do you think about that as you're doing stuff like this? I, I'm just trying to, like, get the story out first. Like, that's kind of what I'm going for. And then, you know, my bullet points also, like, hey, I want to have this fun story. But then I want to give, like, a lot of twists along the way. So I might... Tell, tell a version of the story that maybe is a little bit more amplified. Maybe it didn't happen that exact way, but 
the actual basis of what happened totally happened. A good example is right, like uh, in one of the chapters, we're leaving out of Colorado, and within an hour, we get pulled over by the cops. And I'm not even speeding. They pull me over, and they're like, "Do you know why we pulled you over?" I'm like, "Absolutely not. I know I wasn't speeding." And they're like, "Well, you had a baby unrestrained in the car seat." I'm like, "The like the youngest one in here is five. There's no babies in here." Mm. Um, and so, like, I go on to tell the story, right? Like, my daughter in the back seat throws the throws a baby doll into the front seat. She pulls it up, and it's like ta da! And it's like a magic trick. And so, you know, like some of those things might not necessarily have happened that way, but like, you know, it adds a little bit of additional suspense, a little bit more details. And you're like, yeah, that would make sense. And so, like, of course, I give the the cops like really funny names and like I make fun of them because they like think we're like trying to scam them or dupe them. Plus, like my car is like all blacked out and it's a truck. So they're like, oh, this is probably like a drug dealer's car or something like, like <laughs> we're, we're on the lookout for this guy in this, you know, blacked out vehicle. And like they couldn't get me. So they're like, oh, your license plate covers aren't allowed to be tinted and blah, blah, blah. Like you guys can see my license plate. Like you guys are trying to get me on some technicality when I wasn't doing anything wrong. Yeah, that's lame. I've definitely been there before where like, you know that it's just sort of some sort of profiling and then you're like, you're being singled out for it for whatever reason. It's yeah, I totally get that. And I'm glad that uh, nothing happened to you. Didn't get in trouble or anything like that. But how do you also like, just like, Going back to that, like, how do you stay focused? Like, do you do anything? Like, you probably work out, I'm, I'm assuming, or you go on walks, which sounded like, I, I, th- I guess Steve Jobs used to go on walks when he was, like, thinking about creative ideas. Is there any other th- ways to, like, stay focused, like, when you're when you're doing stuff that's kind of, because it seems like writing takes up a lot of energy, I would think, in your mind, because it seems like to get those thoughts in the right order that makes sense, like, there it probably takes a lot of work, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, I, I do like to work out. I work out with my sons as well. We have a good time working out there. They're 17 and 15 now, so they're always out there like, hey, Dad, let's go work out. So I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this, but all right, let's go. Huh. Um, but we take family walks, and, you know, that's kind of why I always have my phone on me because, like, we'll just be BSing or just chit-chatting about who knows, and then they'll say something, and it might not have anything to do with what we're talking about, but, like, it triggers a thought in my mind. I'm like, oh, I don't want to forget this. You know, I, I try to set some time aside each day, maybe not every day, uh, but to write. And so if I'm writing a new book, I'll be like, hey, you know, I, I want to write two hours, you know, after dinner, spend time with the family. Like I want to spend two hours. And so sometimes it's a little more than two hours. Maybe it's only an hour and a half. Uh, but just, you know, your what you what you prioritize is, you know, what you're going to spend your time on. So as long as you kind of prioritize getting your notes down, getting your thoughts out, um, you know, I feel like as you continue to do that, the story is just going to get better. You're going to think of more things like, hey, I wrote this part of the book. Oh, I wish I would have added that. Well, if you haven't released it, right, you can always go in and add more, um, which is great about writing. That's essentially the first draft. You have so much content that you almost have to take stuff away where versus the flip side, you don't have enough and you have to keep adding to and that makes it all fun. What's your thoughts on like uh, perfectionism too? Because I feel like sometimes people like when they're staring like at a blank page, they get like freaked out for whatever reason and then they just like waste a lot of time and then end up like doubting themselves for whatever reason. One way I've kind of got around it is like using like Jasper AI. I, I use that like program just to sometimes like it's like that AI bot or whatever, just to get like ideas. And then that idea will like spark something else. And then I'll just kind of go from there just to like get my mind going. I know that a lot of people like suffer from that, like just like perfectionism. Like, do you, do you have that at all? Or do you, it seems like you really don't from what I'm gathering. I, I mean, I, I don't because, you know, my, my story is going to be different. So like as long as I stay, stay true to what I'm after, like I feel like it's going to be something something memorable right like you could read all these different books and you know like hey there's this thriller right there's some guy his family got killed and he's gonna go take out everybody right like that story's been told a thousand times how many stories do you know that talk about meth and murder and amazon right there's probably not that many out there 
Mm-hmm. So like I, I try to think about like things that maybe happened to me or happened to family, my family or, or people I know, and then like try to take those and put a different spin on it. Um, and come up with crazy characters, right? That's my thing. All my, all my characters in the story have funny names. The only real story in the whole book is actually Amazon. I, I did work for Amazon uh, when all this happened. And so like there's a little fun, like, funny segue about, you know, what it's like to work at Amazon um, mm. and things like that. Um, but as far as like perfectionism goes, nothing's going to be perfect, right? There is no perfect story, right? Every, even Sting of King, right? I'm sure he's going to tell you, right? None of his books are perfect. They're always just going to be like, oh, I wish I could have told this better or, or thought about this better. But, you know, they have whole teams. Not everybody can afford, you know, pay a publicist and pay a marketer, you know, pay this, pay that. So sometimes you just be like, hey, read it through, then share a few copies, right? If you get good feedback, you're probably like pretty close to releasing and then just go read some articles. That's what I do, right? If I'm not sure about something, I'll go Google it. I'll go look into it a little bit more and just see, you know, what other people have done, what other people have been successful at. And so I'm like, hey, it's it's about time, right? Like I've, I've put enough time and effort into this. I, I think it's pretty ready. You know, it makes me laugh. Everybody I shared it with laugh. Uh, so I think, it, you know, I think it's good to go. Yeah, after those first few shares, I mean, I don't know if you're the same, but as a creative person, like no matter what it is that I'm like doing, I always feel like shit, like I'm never a hundred percent always ready to ship, but shit's got to get done. You know what I mean? So like sometimes like (laughs) sometimes at some point you kind of just have to ship products, I feel like. And some people just get into this phase where they're just like talking about stuff and like actually never doing anything. I don't know if you've (laughs) noticed this as well. Yeah, no, it's true. And it's almost like good to put like goals or, or deadlines on yourself, right? Like my goal when I started writing this, I, I started writing it in October of 2021. Um, and I was actually done running with uh, before the end of December, at least on my phone. And so I was like, my wife's birthday is coming up in March. I want to have it. I want to have it out by March. That was my goal. Excuse me. I, I will go through the whole process. Um, I start editing and I found the program Scrivener. I get pretty close to the end. And I was like, oh, Amazon has pre-order. Well, pre-order only works on the on the Kindle versions. It does not work on the print formats. And so I didn't know that. So I set my, you know, Kindle versions for release on my wife's birthday. Like, oh, that's so sweet, right? Like, oh, it's gonna because my wife's in it and my kids are in it. So right, it'd be kind of like a cool birthday present. Hey, I wrote a book and it features a whole family, right? How cool is that? Then I, I set the pre-order, it's set to our birthday, and I go to do the same thing for the print versions. Well, the print versions, they don't have a date. So I go through and I like input all the information and I get to the end and I hit click like to submit and it's like <laughs> your book's going to be ready in 72 hours i was like oh no oh crap <laughs> uh, oh, all right there's no going back now so that's literally how it happened so it actually released like a month and a half early um and i was like you know what whatever happens happens and i ended up selling like 30 or 40 copies and like the whole month before i was even supposed to so i was like hey it's supposed to work out like that uh, i was able to give some copies to my mom uh, she actually did pass away, you know, in, in March. So like the story came out, I released it, which I actually released it early. And if I had waited until my wife's birthday, she actually wouldn't have been around to even see the book. So I almost felt like, you know, it was kind of blessing in disguise. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was almost yeah. like meant to be that your mom got to actually check it out. So those copies that you sold, how did you do that? Was that like just from like Amazon or like how, and how does that process work to like upload a book on like did you actually sell print copies of this too or is it or was there only like yeah. the digital copy yeah so there's a kindle version there's a paperback there's a hardcover and there's also an audiobook and so did the kindle first did the pre-order for that or yeah the, yeah, the pre-order for that and then i released the that paperback on the hardcover and so on amazon there's a platform called kdp kindle direct publishing you go in there, you put in all the information, upload your manuscript, your cover, and it basically starts printing out the book and it'll tell you, hey, your book 
costs $8 to make or your bus costs $9 to make. And so a lot of people don't know this, but right, like my book will be on there for like $17 for the hardcover and $19 for the paperback. And I'll be like, why are you charging so much for your book? Like I only make like $2 off the book because Amazon takes all the money, costs them like $9 to print it, then however much to ship it, right? So at the end, like I'm only making pennies off this. Amazon makes all the money. And so, you know, a lot of people really don't know that they're like, oh, you should lower mm. your book. I'm like, well, what am I going to lower it to right up and make like two cents? I'm going to go negative just to sell the book. I was like, uh, like I, I would go and like look comparable titles. I'm like, hey, this is a pretty good sweet spot. I'm sure there's plenty of books that are a lot more expensive. There's probably plenty of books that are less expensive, but I thought it was, you know, it was a good price point. Yeah, that's interesting. Then, I didn't I didn't really realize that. That So they base do they only print the book then if someone buys it? Is that how that works? Is like on demand? Uh yeah, so it is on-demand printing, and so they'll—I'm sure they run off a few copies. But the more and more demand there is, I'm sure they'll, you know, kind of stack their warehouse um, based on the number of copies that are coming in. And what's cool though is that once they start running low on their stock, Amazon will actually start putting your book on sale. And so, like my paperback is 1986. Usually, I was born in 1986, so that's why I went with that price. Oh, that's cool. Um, but it's actually like um, it's on sale right now for like thirteen dollars and twenty-five cents because there's only three copies left of what they have in stock. So it's pretty cool that they'll do that because I'll be like, hey, what's going on? Like, why is my stuff on sale? Because like, it, I don't get a hit on the, the royalties that I make, but they'll lower the book price down to get more sales. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, what about the Audible part? Did that, like you said, you hired someone. How did you find the person to to narrate it? And like, how did that look like? So th this was probably the, like the funnest part of the whole experience for me was doing the audiobook and like finding the right person. And so uh, there's this platform called ACX, ACX.com. And so you can actually like set up a project, tell them a little bit about what the audiobook is, and then you can hold auditions. And so you could say, hey, I want a male or a female. I want this kind of comedic, you know, I want a person that's more comedy based or someone that's more serious based or whatever you want to fit your theme. And then you give them an audition script. And so my book is just like, like I said, it has a lot of humor and it has a lot of absurdity. I wanted to take the most difficult parts of the book that I know, like I would have that stuff time reading and I gave it to the people to like audition. And so I probably went through like 10 editions and some people would be like, ah, oh, they're all right. But like, it's not what I'm going for. And so I, I actually know the, the chicken wing beat song, you know, chicken wing, chicken wing, hot dog and bologna. Mm -mm, I don't know that actually. Okay, but, well, there's a song, uh, you know, Chicken Wing, Chicken Wing, Hot Dog and Bologna. Um, and so I remixed that in my last chapter and I make it about Thanksgiving and turkeys. And so it's literally like a, like an audible out loud rhyme. And so I <laughs> upload parts of that and I have the guy rap like for me. For the audition. That's hilarious. It was so funny. Like he did such a good job. Like you could totally tell like he took he took it on and he like he really ran with it. And I was like, this is the guy. And so, like, we went back and forth. He'd be, he would like do a voice and like, dude, you have me sounding like, like, uh, Mister, Mister, like the Krusty Krab, the Krab guy from SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, like, that. you gotta change that. Like, you, you can't be sounding like that. And so <laughs> he would like kind of adjust it. He would do some female voice and be like, oh, that's really good. And so, like, he was great. Like, he, he he took a lot of feedback well, and you know, he would update it. And he'd be like, oh, I did this. Hey, go check this out. And so every time he's done with a chapter or a part of the story, they'll upload, you know, up to a fifteen minute worth of what they've done and you get to read it listen to it um, and kind of just gauge you know like hey is this what i'm going for or do i need something else and just i use different kind of right i i, I don't want to swear so i'll i'll say you said a mother effer i'll say father mucker right and so it's like <laughs> switching up how to say the swear word but it's not swearing right and so it's funny he he would he would do that and 
he but he would say like further mucker i'm like no no no, it's supposed to be mother mucker and i and i would tell him like you know like mother effer and he'd be like oh okay i know what you're saying now and so then he would do it and so like just little things like that right like i have just like i said it's just a different writing style and it's really funny and so i wanted to make sure like my humor came across as he was telling it but then he was a great narrator and so um on the acx platform you can actually um give them the bid a fixed price they get a certain royalty or you can just say hey i'm going to give them x amount of dollars and that's all they get and so you can kind of decide what you want to do as far as paying the narrators or if you want to narrate yourself by all means i couldn't do it especially with the, the crazy characters that i have but i'm certainly not going to rap on my own audiobook so i was like no let's have somebody else do that so what's the deal with like the audiobook part of it like how how does it like if someone I have like an account with like Audible. So like if someone downloads it or something like that, then you get like a commission or something like that. And then that other guy gets one potentially. Yeah. So we split the royalties. I, I don't remember what it is off the top of my head, but as soon as someone downloads it, they'll we'll basically split the commission and then they pay it out, you know, every, every month. Um, what's also cool about uh, ACX is they can give away promo codes. And so you get like 50 promo codes, you can give them to anybody. And so I, I'll use that as like free market. I'd be like, Hey, I know you have a podcast or like, hey, I know you're like this really awesome book blogger or whatever, whoever I'm talking to. I'm like, hey, would you like to listen to my audio book? And I kind of like give them like a little spiel about the other book. I'm like, hey, if you want to laugh, this is this is for you. I guarantee it. And so I've, I've given a, you know, a lot of free copies away, but you know, it'll still adjust the ranking on Audible so and Amazon. So it's Amazon, Audible, and iTunes, I think is what it does for ACX. So you get a royalty every time one sells and then you get an adjustment in your um your little sales ranking on Amazon. It's very interesting. Do you think that like uh being a published author, especially when you have like a paperback, a hard a hard book, you got you got like the digital version and Audible, like so you have like all these different things on one on one book. I feel like it makes people like it elevates them to like a different sort of level somehow. So I'm wondering like do you think that I know there's probably going to be like more opportunities as a result of this to like make other streams of revenue somehow, but uh, do you, have you thought about like potentially like how that's going to work? Yeah. I mean, when I started this, like I didn't necessarily have a goal in mind. I was like, Hey, you know, if I sell and I would go look at like the, the statistics and so the statistics will say, right. Like uh, a debut author, they're not going to sell hundred copies in a year. I've surpassed that. Self-published authors are only going to sell a kind of copies and I've surpassed that. And so like, I would just take those kinds of statistics, right? Like I'm not trying to sell a million copies. Like, could I sell a million? Probably not, right? Like that's tough to do. Sure. I'm not from a traditional publisher. I don't have a marketing team, right? It's just me doing everything. And so it takes time. And so, you know, most people will put out their content and they'll be like, hey, this is going to sell a thousand copies this month. And this is not realistic, right? I mean, if you're a known author or a known name, of course your book is going to sell itself. When you're a debut author, no one's ever heard of, right? You got to like, get your foot in the door somewhere and so that's where like the podcasts come into play so like i've gotten more opportunities to do podcasts i try to do like i'll, I'll do i have my own website so like i try and use that for some marketing and i just you know, i just try and just talk to random people um and try and find out you know hey so-and-so mentioned they like reading books like hey i got a cool book for you and i'm like i'll mention my title like i don't care like what are they gonna say no okay that's fun right it's not gonna hurt my feelings and yeah so, I... you know i think that's kind of a part of it right like if you're an author like you gotta awesome. have pretty thick skin, right? Because people are gonna like they're gonna like your book or they're not, right? And so if you write something different, it, it almost like even adds more to it, right? Because different is not always gonna be well received, right? Some people are gonna love it, but there's probably gonna be like 
why would you write a book like that? Like, I don't like that, right? Like the Red Massacre, mm. right? Like that was that's what it makes me always think of like as like books that people hate to read because it's so tough to like get through the narrative, get through the dialogue because they talk from like the 1800s, right? And people don't talk like that anymore. Mine's a little bit different, right? Like my book reads like almost how we text, almost how we talk, right? There's one on sentences. We have a complete dialogue. I don't say like he says blah and then a whole bunch of quotes, right? Like I do it different. And so like people are going to relate to that. But if you're like, hey, I like the traditional writing rules. You need to listen to the audiobook because you can't see how it's written. Like it reads perfectly for an audiobook. Everybody's going to get kicked out of it. It's interesting too, because I agree with you. I think that it's good to have confidence. And I, I do feel like feedback can be good at times, depending on who it's coming from. It, for me, I personally, I only take feedback from only like a handful of people because like most of the time I'm just like, I don't really agree with what most people say anyways. <laughs> so I'm just wondering, do you have like your crew of like resources or like, do you have like a couple people that you just go to for feedback that you trust or like, do you just like, I, I know it's good to like have a thick skin, but also to like maybe have like a few people that I, that I, I look to for advice sometimes. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely trust like my family and my wife, you know, we've been, we've been together for over 17 years. So, you know, she'll definitely tell me like, Hey, this sucks. Why'd you write that like that? And so like, she'll, she'll definitely tell me I have, I have friends in the family as well that like really like to read. And so I'll, I'll, I'll give them copies and be like, Hey, don't sugarcoat it. Right. If it sucks, tell me. So I don't put this out and make myself look foolish. And so I would hand copies out and I'm like waiting for someone to tell me that it sucked and no one said anything. Maybe they were like, Oh, we don't really want to hurt his feelings. But I'd like, tell them like, Hey, if you don't like it, like, tell me why. So I can fix it and make it better. And so I really never got feedback like that. So I was like, all right, it must be decent. <laughs> That's and so I, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure part of it was like, hey, like, what the hell am I reading, right? Like, this is the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever read. I'm right. And that's kind of the point. That's what I was going for, right? Like something different. People are going to remember it. Um, and the title is going to like draw them in like meth burn Amazon, right? Is that like some kind of situation that happened at Amazon, uh, which is even funny, right? Because I, I got banned a lot when I originally released my book on Instagram. Every time I would post something with Methmer and Amazon, they would ban my account for 24 hours at a minimum and be like, we need to check your content. And so I'm like, man, they must be hmm. thinking I'm like bad mouth on the Amazon or something. Cause you know, Amazon has the thing like, oh, they treat their workers like crap, especially in the warehouses, all the different scandals that were going on. Mm. I was like, guys, that is not what this is about. Like I even reached out to Amazon. I was like, Hey, can I use your name in the title? And they're like, yes, you can. Uh, you just can't use our logos. And if you talk about this, you can't say anything derogatory or defaming. And I was like, okay, perfect. I can walk that line. And so I reached out to their <laughs> trademark department. They said I could do it. I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And so I was like, hey, like this is a good title. People are going to like see this and be interested enough to at least come check it out. But they kept banning me and banning me. And then I started blasting Instagram. I, like, I would create content and be like, my, my account is under 24 hour surveillance. You know, like watch out for what you see. <laughs> and like, I know they would see it and they would even block that. And so I was like, so that I started going more on LinkedIn. And that's, that's one thing I would tell people, right? Like, be careful what you pick for your title, especially if it's kind of controversial because you will get banned. Yeah, I get that. I got a couple more questions for you. So a couple more minutes and we'll wrap up. But like, what do you think makes like the ingredients of like a good story? Like, like, I know that like stories are everything, right? And you clearly like know how to like pick a good story because like you got like drugs, you got like Amazon in the title, you got... Yeah. all sorts of like suspense so like like in general like when you're thinking of like news stories for like the future like what what do you think like you do you need to have some sort of like juice like that or like like how, how do you go about finding that <laughs> so i as i wrote this book i was like man i'm yeah into something here like i feel like you know everybody has like different stories like you're like talking with your friends or bs and like oh can you believe what happened to me and they're like oh, that's funny and then i like i tell people this story and they're like 
that's the craziest damn thing I've ever heard. I was like, yeah, could you imagine going through that? And so I started thinking about other stories that have like happened to me. And I was like, man, I've some pretty good ones. So, you know, I think the ingredients for a good story, are like first, you got to be original, right? Like don't write something that everybody else has written, right? There's Tom Clancy's, there's Stephen King's, they're those guys for a reason. Don't be them, be yourself, you know, take what's good about their stories, but make it your own. And so I think originality first and foremost has to kind of come through it. But like me personally, <laughs> like I want to make people laugh. And so I'm going to try and write something that's original, that's really funny. You're going to read it and be like, what the hell? Ha ha, you're going to laugh. And then sometimes you're like, what the F did I just read? Like, that's the craziest <laughs> thing I've ever read, right? And so that's part of the suspense part. Uh, but definitely originality, humor, and then suspense, right? Like the first book, uh, Meth Bear and Amazon, like I liken it to a roller coaster or a meth coaster, right? There's all these twists, there's turns, right? When you're on a roller coaster, you're like, oh, I'm waiting in line and you're getting all amped up. Some people start like getting nervous. And so, like, I even talk about when you're online to the roller coaster. And so, like, I use things that people can relate to to keep them interested in the story and then use those like analogies even further into my story. So I'm on a roller coaster, boom, I'm up, something happens, you're down and then something else happens. And so like, I'll take those ups and downs as I'm, as I'm writing them. And then I'll also add stories to what an up might be or what a down might be, or, Hey, we just went into loop to loop. What is that? And so I'll kind of try and take those things that like lots of people can relate to, especially real stickers. Um, and make my story about that. And so this one was a roller coaster. Like I just thought of that as I started writing. I was like, oh, wouldn't it be funny, right? Like it's a roller coaster. You go click, 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 and you start going up the roller coaster. And like, oh man, here it comes. And so mm. that's kind of like how I think about it whenever I started writing the story. And I just took care of that theme all the way through, and it, it seemed to work. That is actually a really interesting way visually to think about it because it, it, it makes a lot of sense to have like these ups and downs and twists and turns and not necessarily knowing when they're going to happen and that, that that element of just like catching you off guard to some sort of degree right. is, is an interesting way to um, think about it. And then I guess like my last question for you would be like, what what advice do you have for like people that are like trying to like grow like on like LinkedIn as like a creator or like maybe start like a YouTube channel or maybe write their first book or anything like if they're having some sort of like self-doubt or like for whatever reason, they don't feel like they're capable of doing it. Like, do you have any advice for those types of people to like <laughs> how to like get better or overcome absolutely. or like what's your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I can do it right, if I can do it, I've even won some awards, like then you can do it right. That, if anybody can, if I can do it, then you can do it. And so, I mean, that's part of it, right? Like there's always going to be those doubts, those fears, right? But like, if you believe in what you wrote, then just share it with the world, right? What's the worst thing someone who's going to say they don't like it? Oh, well, then they're clearly not your audience. So that's kind of part of it, right? Like, I feel like this story could appeal to a really wide audience because there is so much humor, right? Like, who doesn't want to laugh? And so that's part of it. But, you know, there is elements of, like, Breaking Bad, but then there's also elements of, like, Lemony Snake into the series on the fortunate event. So, like, there's a different appeal to everybody's story and what they write. So, like, if whatever you write, make it sure it's targeted to your audience and then ultimately what what problem are you trying to solve right and so i wanted to write some wrongs that happened in my life right and so you know meth murder and amazon happened and i was like how can i take this and you know put a, a funny spin on it right i could have made it really dark and you know made it like this horror story and i was like no I, like i lived the horror part i don't want to relive it like that and so i was gonna essentially take some you know they gave me lemons along the way i was figuring out how to turn it into some, some good ass lemonade and so that's how I did it. But, you know, you can't be scared. Um, you got to have thick skin, right? If you want to be a writer, you better be sure, like, you have some thick skin. And, you know, you're going to take people's feedback and criticism, both good and bad, right? If they say something bad, maybe why did they say that they didn't like it, right? Like, what did they specifically pick up on? And if you get enough 
of the same types of comments, then you know, hey, that's the part of my story I need to adjust. Maybe I need to write it a little bit differently or play on this different emotion a little bit better. And so it's it's a learning process, right? I mean, there's plenty of things that I failed at along the way. Like I thought my story was going to just sell itself. And so I didn't do any marketing, but I didn't even know that you had to market your book, right? I'm like, hey, people are just going to find my book. They're going to like type in meth or whatever, and my book's going to pop up. Boom, I sold a million copies. And that's not how it works. And so, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Um, but along the way, you pick up a lot of good things. And as long as you uh, keep challenging yourself, keep looking for different answers, hey, this, this thing didn't happen, you know, well, why didn't it happen? And go, go investigate, figure out what's working, but also, you know, also what's not working. Yeah, I guess you have to have like courage to some sort of degree to like go out and have thick skin, find your tribe and like kind of release something and kind of into the world and then kind of get feedback. And there are so many things that you probably learn along the way about like the marketing, these, how to find like the guys on Audible, like how to like draft things out. Like I'm sure that your process now for like the second one will probably be like way more quick than the, because of all these other things that you had to like skill stack to learn on along the way. I'm sure. Absolutely. I mean, there's definitely, it, it'll definitely make the book publishing part a lot faster i mean the writing's going to take as long as the writing's going to take it and you know you feel like you can't rush it but you certainly can't like go claim like hey it's going to take five years to read this book right by the time you're done writing you're not going to remember what you wrote try and knock that out in a few months and then start editing it and then if you think of other things keep adding to it right there's no no nothing wrong with adding more to the story or or on the flip side reversing it right if you take more more away from the story and it makes the story a better read then that's what you're supposed to do Hundred percent. Well, I appreciate the time, Jerry, and I, I send people to um, Meth Murder in Amazon on Amazon. And then, is there anywhere else that you'd like people to go? Uh, so yeah, Meth Murder in Amazon is on Amazon. Uh, the audiobooks on Audible, iTunes, um, and the the Kindle version or the digital version is on uh, Barnes and Nobles, Google Play, uh, iTunes, a whole bunch of places. But yeah, I would say you definitely go to Amazon because that has all the all the versions right there stacked next to each other. So you can get the Kindle, the audiobook, the paperback, and the hardcover. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time. And I, I appreciate it. And it's a pretty fascinating conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a, it's always a pleasure and you know, great meeting with you. And, and thanks again for having me on the show. Thanks for sticking around to the end. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jerry. Definitely go pick up his book, Meth Murder in Amazon. Interesting title for sure. And definitely a lot of interesting things that happened during the making of that book. But I hope you're inspired to go write some long form copy. I know that I definitely want to do start doing some more long form copy, maybe ebook or something like that eventually. And if you are a brokerware customer and you're coming to TIA this year, hope to see you guys there in Florida and definitely say hi to us, the crew. We have a booth set up there as well. Thanks for listening. And I will catch you on the next episode.